Drink This Beer is brought to you by The Beer Guys. BeerGuysRadio.com is where you need to go to get the scoop on what's going on in craft beer. That's BeerGuysRadio.com. And if you like the show, consider becoming one of our sponsors. Head to Patreon.com slash BeerGuys. That's Patreon.com slash BeerGuys. Welcome to Drink This Beer, a show dedicated to craft beer and the people who make it. Each episode, we'll get the stories behind the brews you love. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Aaron Williams. Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got? And welcome to Drink This Beer. This is the podcast that talks to the brewers around the country and around the world that make the beer you love to drink. I'm Aaron Williams. And I'm Tim Dennis. And on this show, we're talking to a Florida brewery making noise in the Deep South. We'll talk to Susan Miller, CEO, and Jeremy Big Germ Baker from Jacksonville's Bold City Brewery. Guys, thank you all so much for joining us uh, on Drink This Beer today. Sure. Glad to be here. Definitely. Now, thank so, you for having us. Absolutely. No, this is great. Uh, Susan, tell us a little bit about Bold City. What, what are you guys all about? Well, my son and I actually started Bold City in 2008. We were the first uh, brewery in Jacksonville, Florida, craft brewery, that is. So back then, no one knew what it was, and people thought we were a little crazy for qu- quitting our corporate jobs and starting the brewery. But actually... It worked out. We weren't so crazy after all. That's right. And uh, thank you again for sending us some of your beers. And Tim has actually uh, cracked one open. I just cracked open your uh, Killer Well, which is a cream ale. And uh, could you tell us a little bit about this beer? Yeah, I can tell you a little bit about it. It's uh, real light in color, uh, fairly low ABV, around 4%. And uh, it's going to have a small amount of flaked maize or corn in the recipe. Uh, not too malty, not too hoppy, and it's a really good kind of uh, starter beer for someone that uh, is into lighter stuff or maybe moving from the big macro beers and just getting into you know more craft style ales. Yeah, so it's funny. I, I actually uh, went to school in upstate New York, and of course, Genesee Cream Ale is the big one uh, up there. So, yeah. like a good starter beer, yeah, definitely. So yeah, so uh, uh, Jeremy, your background and, and family is British, correct? That is correct. Yeah, so uh, you were born there. So tell us about your first beer experience with your grandfather. Sure. Yeah, I wasn't actually born there. My sister was, but I wasn't. Um, but I have a lot of uh, extended family there, and we used to go every couple of years when I was a kid. Um, so by the time I uh, hit the age of eighteen, and of course not a day before that, of course, uh, is when it's when it's legal to be drinking there. So my grandfather lived just up the hill from a pub called the George and the Dragon. And my uncle took me down and we had a pint of bitter and we had a pint of Guinness. And uh, that was the first time I could sort of uh, legitimately drink, um, you know, in a bar. Now, having that background, uh, the English background, does that inspire your uh, brewing and your styles? Yeah, absolutely. It kind of stayed with me. Um, for a long time when I came back to the States, and, you know, of course, once I was old enough to drink here and not a day before, I uh, you know, started drinking yeah. some American beers, <laughs> and uh, I never quite found um, that same uh, uh, connection with the beers that I had had in England. Um, the closest I could get would probably be Guinness, but um, I always had kind of a, a passion to try new beers and kind of, like, find something that reminded me of uh, my beers that I I really enjoyed in England. So when I finally got the opportunity to brew something that was all my own recipe, I decided to kind of pay homage to all of uh, that experience that I had. And so I brewed an extra special bitter, an ESB, 
uh, to kind of honor that uh, first pint of bitter that I have with it. We used a hand pump to pour it for you. And then I brewed uh, an oatmeal stout that I called actually the George and the Dragon. And my grandfather's name was George. That pub had the same name. And I used Phoenix hops in the recipe. So Very nice. Tied that whole name in together. Now, you've got a beer here that definitely is not a classic English style. That uh, shrimp and grit cerveza that I've seen advertised <laughs> recently. So tell us about that beer. All right. So um, I also, in hot summer days, enjoy a nice, what they call Mexican-style lager. Yep. Uh, so, you know, beers like Corona and uh, uh, Modelo Especial always had a, 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 you know, solid spot in my fridge. So um, I wanted to do something um, to sort of in the same vein as that. So we also, at the same time I was kind of planning that recipe, we heard from our minor league baseball team that we have in town called the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp that they were interested in sort of collaborating on a brew and serving it at the baseball grounds here in Jacksonville. So we invited some of the guys at the uh, administration level, not the actual players, and they came on brew day and brewed this beer with me. So I had three of the guys from the Jumbo Shrimp, and then the recipe calls for actually a pretty substantial amount of corn. So we settled on the name of the Shrimp and Grit Cerveza. So there's not actually shrimp in the uh, the beer. I was thinking that perhaps I needed to uh, to have the beer with a you know a wedge of cheese in the neck, or maybe like a sausage on the gl- on the pint glass yeah, or something like that. If people tried to convince me to do that. They said put some hot sauce in it, just do a low country boil in the kettle. There were a lot of uh, ideas thrown around, and uh, you know solid possibilities. But I really wanted to just go with. Uh, a nice, uh, clean, uh, low ABV. It's only about three and a half percent. Nice, clean, dry lager that would be perfect for a, a summer day or a summer night at the baseball grounds. Well, that's it. Yeah, you don't really want to have a lot of uh, old base seasoning or all those types of things in there when you're watching a ball game. It's not something <laughs> that's you're going to kick in a back. can, man. You're good to go. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So yeah. So we just talked about, of course, uh, the the Mexican shrimp and grit cerveza. Uh, now I want to know more about Calrissian cough syrup and craft malt liquor. Actually, I'm kind of afraid of that a little bit. You're afraid of it? You said? A little bit, yeah. You know, I, I don't know anything about malt liquor because, again, He's trembling I've, slightly. Never, I, I've never had malt liquor until I was actually legally enough to drink it. So, just like you yeah, said. Yeah, and of most of the malt liquors we get here are probably not craft malt. They're not craft They work malt every time, liquors, though. Jeremy. That's what I've heard. So, you, get, yeah. you get them at craft uh, gas stations. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, it seems to be this new wave of taking um, these beers that uh, you kind of wanted to get away from drinking when you're first getting into craft beer and find a way to kind of go back to them, but sort of making them legit. Um, I haven't seen too many of these malt liquors, but they are uh, starting to pop up. And um, I actually did not come up with this recipe or even this idea. It was one of our other brewers. His name's Alex. And it turned out to be a really big hit, and people seem to really like it. Um, It has a whole lot of corn in it, and the actual brewing process... um, is a lot different than uh, anything I'd ever seen before in the way that he went about making this beer. Um, it's very, uh, it ended up kind of being pretty sweet in the end and a pretty high ABV, about 7%. Um, but there's not a whole lot of ingredients involved, really basic grain bill. And then uh, <laughs> he, he dry hopped it uh, as well, so that gave it a lot more. Uh, flavor and aroma 
and it, I mean, he hit it out of the park. People seem to really enjoy that beer, and uh, we ran out of it really quickly. Do you guys get the uh, the name, the reference? Well, of course, I do. Star Wars, yes. right? Yes. Lando approved, man, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. So back in the day, in the 80s, uh, um, Billy D. Williams was the actor that played Lando Calrissian in the Star Wars series. He was the spokesperson for Colt 45. I've seen the sign. It's oh, up yes. in some of our local bars. It's, it's, it's awesome. Got, there's a sign that says Billy D. Williams approved or something like that. And it's See, Colt 45. Right. And I, I was going to steal one of those signs because they're so awesome. Brian's saying one. he's seen the signs. I remember the commercials and the signs. I'm old enough to remember every time. the original. So <laughs> so I got a question for Jeremy. I've, I've seen this a lot, and I know the two tastes will say similar. I won't say identical, but... What actually separates a beer from a malt liquor? Yeah, so, I mean, uh, uh, beer is a malt beverage. Um, so that's uh, it's kind of like one of those things where uh, all of these aren't one, but one is, you know, in this thing. I don't know how to explain it better than that. It's, um, it's all about the brew process. So you're taking a lager yeast and you're fermenting it at an ale temperature, which already is like kind of the wrong way to do it. Um, but it's a faster way to do it. And you are also fermenting under pressure the entire time. So normally while you're fermenting, you're allowing um, CO2 to be expelled from the tank. You're not keeping that in the, uh, in the beer as it's fermenting. So uh, he is actually fermenting that beer uh, with like five pounds of pressure on it at all times. That's interesting. I never never knew that, how they make that. Yeah, very cool. Excellent. Well, cool. We're going to take a quick break right now. You're listening to Drink This Beer, and we'll be back with Susan Miller and Jeremy Baker from Jacksonville's Bold City Brewing. More Drink This Beer with Tim and Aaron coming up after this. Here at Drink This Beer, we love to bring you the stories behind the craft beer and brewers that you love. And we'd be grateful if you took the time out to check out our Patreon site. It's at patreon.com slash beerguys. If you choose to become one of our donors, we would really appreciate it. Plus, you get some awesome swag, including T-shirts, glasses, stickers, and some more stuff that's coming down the pike. Thanks for listening to Drink This Beer, part of the Beer Guys Radio Network. Tell a friend and head to patreon.com slash beerguys. Cheers. Welcome back to Drink This Beer with your hosts, Tim and Aaron. And welcome back to Drink This Beer. We are talking to Jacksonville's Bold City Brewing today. We have Susan Miller, who's the CEO, and we have uh, Jeremy Baker on with us. And yep. thank you again for joining us this week. So, yeah, so uh, one of the beers that uh, we've got and we just opened up is uh, Duke's Cold Nose Brown. Uh, so uh, it's it's a brown ale, of course, a classic brown ale. But I want to know, who exactly was Duke? Uh, Duke was my son's boxer. He bought um, Duke for his wife um, on their first Valentine's Day. And um, so he had him before we opened the brewery in 08. But uh, once we did, Duke was actually our tavern dog, and everybody would come in to pet him and meet him and everything. You know, when he passed away, of our course. local newspaper actually put an obituary in the paper um, for Duke. Uh, but we had brewed his beer and uh, named it after him, and uh, he was uh, sort of a, a larger boxer and fawn-colored, sort of like the beer. But anyway, he was a great dog, and... We've had so many people try the beer just because there's a boxer on the label named Duke. You know, I, I love that. It's yeah. a good enough reason for me, absolutely. Well, uh, speaking of, your your can art is really bold. Who's designing uh, the cans? I'm looking at Duke's right now, and you know what's the thinking behind the artwork that you use? Well, there's a group here called Shepherd Group, and there's a gentleman named Kendrick Kidd that actually 
volunteered to do our artwork when we first opened up because it's kind of a, a unique opportunity to do some fun stuff. So we worked with him. And uh, each of our cans actually has a skyline of Jacksonville. If you look, you'll find it's in different places um, on each can. Okay. And um, so we, you know, we they did a photo shoot with Duke actually to to do that artwork of him. And uh, I don't know if you saw the Killer Whale can. Mm-hmm. Uh, my um, son's nickname when he was younger, because he was a bit chunky, was the Killer Whale. So like uh, anyway, so he got that nickname because he was jumping off the side of a waterfall in Tennessee one time. And some kids weren't even with us said, do it, Killer Whale. So <laughs> I like it. it. And the Killer Whale has actually a mom tattoo on his spin. Yep, I'm looking <laughs> at it right now. That's pretty cool. That's good stuff. That is good stuff. Yeah, so awesome. each of our cans actually has a uh, something to do with the family or the city of Jacksonville. Uh, and, and so we have a lot of fun with our work. And yeah. they do an excellent job. So now, Susan, it seems like it is almost like a family uh, business uh, from from the start, right? You've got a couple of uh, you, right. you, you, and uh, your son is working in sales, correct? Right. Yeah. So that's cool. Right. Kevin, the youngest son that set this up, works in sales, and his older sister also actually works in sales. And Jeremy, our head brewer, used to be in a band with uh, our youngest son, and actually graduated with my middle son. That's so. That's like the the small world. Uh, philosophy going around there. It's great. I like that. All intertwined yeah. there. That's so. right. Now, right yeah, now, you're yeah. just you're just distributing in Florida. Is that correct? And we're just kind of in the um, sort of not not any further south in uh, St. Pete, and uh, then we go up to maybe Fernandina. That's as far north. You can't get really too much further north. We'll end up in Georgia, but but we're not down the um, deep south part of Florida. Okay, cool. Because I remember I was, I was uh, driving down to Orlando, and I think I got your uh, some of your beers at uh, in uh, 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 yep. not Tallah- Tallahassee is where I got it. Yeah, so that was good. Yep. Um, so now tell us a little bit. Now, you were the first uh, tap room uh, in Jacksonville, but Jacksonville is actually kind of growing as a craft beer destination, isn't it? Yes. I think we have 11 breweries now, and I just talked to another uh, um group of folks that are uh, father and son actually it's going to start up the other one so there's a lot going on in jacksonville and everybody actually has really been here i think we uh, have a lot to be proud of actually the entire state of florida has come a long way mm-hmm. just in the last nine years yeah and i think the entire southeast is that i mean of course we're based in georgia and we're kind of behind you all in uh, florida but uh you know again the, the florida beer scene has really started to to take off of course uh you know, in Jacksonville, you've got yourselves, you've got Ardwolf, you've got uh, Intuition, and even more. Uh, you know, but again, you're talking about some fantastic breweries in Tampa, Miami, and those places. So, the craft beer industry in Florida really is a, is is becoming a destination almost for for folks who like that. It it really is, and Jacksonville's done something here um, called the Jacks El Trail. Okay, you actually get a passport with each of the breweries on it, and um, if you every time you visit a brewery, you get a stamp. Um, in your passport, and once you um, fill it up, uh, they send a little swag your way. That's a really cool idea. I think we've been talking about doing something along those lines here in Georgia and just haven't got it kicked off yet, but it really encourages people to check out. You know, everybody has their favorite brewery that they go to, you return to, but this encourages you to get out there, get the stamp, and check out a lot of different breweries. Right, and there's no time limit. You could come one one summer and then come back the next, and as long as you want to finish it, but it gives you a reason to come back too if you didn't get to all the breweries. 
Absolutely. I like it. I like it. So now, like I said, you're Jacksonville's oldest tap room, but uh, you had a recent issue that uh, closed your doors for a little bit. What what happened uh, with the city there? Yeah. Um, but back in 08, whenever we started, of course, everybody knew what we were doing because we were kind of head, page, you know, front page news. And uh, you had to go through zoning to get all of your licenses, your license to manufacture, your license to sell beer and wine. And so it, it, everything was legit when we did it. But for some reason, they expected to see a... Uh, a permit with a plan of our premises. We had plenty of drawings of our premises that mm-hmm. we had to submit to the state and the federal government, but nothing that we had to go that included uh, something uh, along the lines of a building permit drawing. So for that reason, they uh, they told us we could not sell beer and wine uh, in that location until we submitted uh, plans and got, you know, approval. But actually, our mayor um, got us open back up immediately the next day. So. Well, that's that's good. So, so it sounds like the city actually does support uh, the craft brewing industry there and, and you guys. They do. And I, I was really shocked at what happened because um, whenever I know that whenever we first uh, submitted the idea to the city and wanted to open up, that they do business. They wanted to make sure we were doing it within the current laws and regulations. But they, I mean, they dug through the books. Um, I know I had to get a restaurant license um, in order to be able to sell beer and wine in an industrial light um, zone. So, I mean, they actually don't wait for us to do what we want to do. Well, Susan, if people want to stay in touch and find out what's coming up with Bold City Brewery, what is the best way to do that? Well, there's two ways. You can check our website and um, boldcitybrewery.com, and we try and keep that updated. We're also on Instagram um, and on Facebook. But if you want to do it the old-fashioned way, you can go on our website on the front page towards the bottom and sign up for Brian's email. He sends an email out almost weekly. Sometimes he might skip a week, but pretty much you can get an old-fashioned email notification in your mailbox if, uh, you know, for those that would prefer just to uh, do it that way. Awesome. Susan, uh, thank you so much. And Jeremy, as well, from Jacksonville's Bold City Brewing. Really appreciate uh, you taking some time out and joining us today. Okay, thank you, guys. Great, thank you. Thanks, y'all. Have a good one. Absolutely. Okay, thanks. Great. Y'all too. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. And thanks for listening to Drink This Beer. If you like this show, don't forget to subscribe. iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, check out our other show, Beer Guys Radio. (laughs) Follow us on the socials. (laughs) Beer Guys Radio 2. Tim's killing me. Have a great one. Don't forget to drink local. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Drink This Beer. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. More beer stories? Head to BeerGuysRadio.com. Follow the Beer Guys on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Want more craft beer news? Listen to the Beer Guys Radio Show, available every Saturday morning. Drink this beer. Produced and developed by Tim Dennis and Aaron Williams. Part of the Beer Guys Media Radio Network. BeerGuysRadio.com.